our subject. Awesome. All right. Well, um, welcome back, film noobs. This is your host, David Mendes. Um, thank you very much to our lovely ladies of the Southern Hospice Internal Treatment Center for hosting this uh, podcast. Uh, today we have our special guest. Introduce yourself. I am Brett William Mauser, uh, owner of Not So Sane Entertainment. Uh, well, I, uh, I guess what uh, you could say I do is make independent films. I have my, uh, my day job. I'm also a professor at the Art Institute at night. Uh, but on weekends, I uh, make films. Uh, this is uh, sort of more, I guess, uh, a weekend warrior type thing for me nowadays. Uh, back in the day, it used to be full-time when I had uh, Ponders Productions, made uh, over 35 feature films there. Uh, not so sane, I guess we're up to about eight or nine. So in, in overall, I guess I've done, I have definitely done over 40 feature films. A uh, lot of short films, a lot of music videos, commercials. Like I used to say, uh, like what, you know, when I have to usually introduce myself, I say if it's a video and film, uh, I've probably done it, uh, done everything except for porn. So no porn on the record, but... Uh, there's always room for there's always room for improvement. Yeah. There's always you know there's always hope. <laughs> sometimes it, sometimes it gets pretty bad where you're like oh, I wish I could pay the bills. Uh, I guess maybe porn's looking pretty good. Maybe we should start start looking at that and you know start looking at the the the, the decency laws in the state you're living in. <laughs> Is it legal to do porn here? Oh, no, no. All right. Well, yeah, well, I mean it, it also depends what kind of porn. No, well, that's true. That's I mean true. We, we we there's a whole range of porn now we could do. So I mean, don't 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 knock it out yet. There's the room. There's the room that we we could possibly yeah, sneak that one in there. All right. Now I I've worked with you. Well, let's go back a little bit. Um, before I worked with you, I was actually one of your students mm -hmm. at um, Art Institute. Yes. Where uh, you taught pretty much video production, one, two, and pretty much everything in between. Yeah. I, uh, nowadays, I pretty much get uh, get them at the beginning at the end. I teach fundamentals now, and I also do the, the senior project where uh, they have three quarters to complete their, 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 their short film. Uh, but I, I have also taught uh, creative writing, uh, uh, intermediate film, uh, a couple of classes, portfolio, things like that. But right now, because I have a full-time job now uh, working at a local TV station in the promotions department, uh, uh, I have you know, uh, less time available to, to do the teaching. So you know, uh, I'll usually teach one, one class a quarter nowadays. Do you miss it? Uh, the teaching? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I do. I wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to do it full time, but I enjoy work doing it. You know, to, I, I miss doing two or three classes. Um, but just uh, from, from an, uh, academic environment, it's, it's not really for me. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. you know, there's, uh, I, I like just being an adjunct who just gets to come in and teach classes and. You're like the cool know. uncle that comes in, fucks it up for everybody. <laughs> and then you, know, you leave and everybody's like, dude, we didn't teach you this. No, but Brett did. <laughs> and he knows better cause he's done production. Yeah. You haven't done shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's normally how it goes, you know, or at least that's how I, when I, I remember when I was there, I'd be like, well, Brett taught us this and, and he's done movies. <laughs> well, that, that's definitely a thing I try to do, especially with the, with the fundamentals class. The first thing I'll tell them is I say, look, we're, we're all artists. We're all creative. We all mm. want to go out there and break the rules. We want to do things that haven't been done before. Uh, my job in the fundamentals class is to teach them what the rules are, because before you can break the rules, you got to know what they are. So I, you know, I'll, I will teach the rules, teach the way things are, the way they should be. But then I will put an asterisk, say, you know, look, you know, but, but here's the way I got 
got around it. This is what I've done. This is, if you don't have the money for lights, if you don't have, you know, you, you can't go out and you can't buy $500 worth of lights, here's how you can do it at Walmart for 15. Right. Uh, so that's, that, that's, that, that's what I like to do. So I, I give, I, I want to make sure that I give students both sides of it, that, hey, this is the way it's quote unquote supposed to be done. This is the way the book tells you to. Mm -hmm. Here's the way it's done in the real world. Now, I got a question because you're saying how it's done in the real world. There's always that, should you or should you not go to film school? And how is that going to help you? That's a difficult question to answer nowadays, uh, especially because if, uh, if you don't go to film school, then I don't get part of my salary. So <laughs> <laughs> You don't get to make cool film on, on yeah. the weekend. You, know, you have to stay in yeah, full-time yeah, job. Exactly. Uh, no, th th that is a very, big, a very good question, and I, I struggled with that for years. I, mean, my, I, I went to school, actually came, uh, went to, uh, got my two-year degree here at San Antonio College, mm -hmm. um, and uh, then I bounced around from school to school. I went to, a, after I graduated with my associates in, in RTF uh, at SAC, I went out to LA for a few months uh, to a film school out there, hated it, came back to UT, U of H, bounced around. I was even in U, uh, University of Colorado for a while. And I just never found what, you know, found a, as good of an environment as I had at, at SAC. Uh, and I got it in my head. I was like, well, I don't need, you know, I don't need, you know, I don't, I don't need a piece of paper that says no, that tells me what I'm, you know, uh, tells me I know what I'm doing. Right. Uh, and especially back then in the early, you know, mid, mid nineties, mm -hmm. the stuff that they were teaching that, that, that if I would have walked away with a degree in, in, in 95 or 96, 50% of that would be useless today because we didn't have computer, uh, uh, we didn't have uh, uh, computer editing, nonlinear editing and, no. and digital. We were still shooting on film and, and real VHS camcorders. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so, you know, so a lot of what I learned was self-taught. And then, uh, you know, I ran my own company for years. Uh, mm -hmm. Ponders Productions finally shut its doors in 2012. And that's when I, you know, turned around and said, okay, you know, uh, I, I got to get it, you know, I got to go back and, you know, uh, got into news again, was a, was a news photographer for a while. And there I was at two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, uh, Saturday night, because I was on call and covering a motorcycle accident, stepping on severed limbs. And I looked around and I said, this is as far as I'm going in life unless I go back and get my degrees. Or at that point, degree. Uh, so I, I, I did. I went back, uh, finished up my bachelor's as fast as I could, and then uh, really found, you know, uh, found an environment down at Texas A&M uh, Corpus that I really enjoyed. So I stuck around for another year and got my master's degree. Um, the degree opened up a lot of doors for me because the thing that people won't understand is, is you know, yes, you can go out and you can watch all the YouTube videos you want and, mm. and, and take all the private lessons you want and, uh, and be a great filmmaker. But it's not going to pay your bills until you make that breakout film, until you start making that film. And you don't want to be working in a, you know, a, a, as a barista or you know, a cashier or something. And, and you want to at least be working in the field, you know, editing video, shooting video, whatever. And to get a decent job editing video, being a producer, what have you, at a TV station or yeah. what have you, you need that piece of paper. Um, one, of the, one of the things that always stuck with me was, was a friend of mine who worked at AT&T um, uh, told me that there was a job coming up for video production in the commercial department. And it was like an $80,000 a year job. 
and they said I was more than qualified for it. So I went out for it, and they loved me. They loved my work. They, you know, especially the speed of my work. Um, but because of the union, they couldn't hire me because I didn't have a degree. Yeah. So I missed out on that because I had that degree. So if you, I guess you, I guess you could say, if you have the confidence in yourself to be the next Spielberg, to go out to Hollywood and become that guy, you're, you're going to start working on sets as you know, pulling, pulling, you know, pulling ropes and, and plugging things in on other people's sets and s- slowly try to work your way up. Uh, with fluffing. or without a degree. Yeah. 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 Fluffing. You're going to be doing that in, in whatever, you know, with or without a degree. Um, but if you want to make it on your own, if you want to be sort of like the freelancer, if you want to be able to make your own films and not do all that, and you want to be able to have a, a, a good paying job, and just in case, you know, you aren't the next Steven Spielberg, to be able to still work in video and film, to to be a, a an editor for, for a news station or... or uh, you know, a producer on some, you know, uh, on a segment, then you're going to need that degree because uh, they're not going to hire you without it. Um, so it's, it's, it's one of those things that do you need it? No. Do you need it? Yes. Um, I, I, I wish, uh, you know, and, and, and like I said, I, I, I come from the experience of where I did run a successful, you know, independent production company for, for, for many years, uh, had videos on, on blockbuster shelves, and I was able to do that without a degree. Yeah. But when times changed, when digital piracy put me out of business, when digital downloading, when nobody knew how to make money at it, when that came about, and during that flux independent film, you know, your, your distribution avenues, you know, were, were crushed and, you know, you just fall on hard times and you have to, and, and you realize that the freelancing isn't going to bring in the money that it used to. Uh, you, you can't survive the way you used to. You've got to go back to the news stations or the, you know, or, or find other avenues of, of, you know, keeping yourself afloat and, and, you know, paying the bills. Yeah. And you don't want to be just that, you know, the, you know, you, you, you know, many of us don't want to just be that news photographer that, that's getting 13 to eight, you know, 13, $15 an hour, you know, having to run out and videotape accidents at, at, at three in the morning. Uh, and a degree will help you do that. Man, $13 an hour? Really? Uh, when I was in um, Corpus, I was making $13 an hour. Oh, no, I'm looking for a job, that's why. Um, <laughs> $13 an hour is a lot more than what I'm making yeah. right now, which is nothing. So keeping with what we were talking about, I met you when I was a student. I left Art Institute only because I, I just wanted to do something different. And at that point in time, I just I, I needed to move. But when I did, it opened up the ability for me to work with you. First set I get on, we did Sir Rabbit 5, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Sir Rabbit 5. And I thought you were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it hasn't changed. I still think you're crazy as well, shit. Well, I mean, you get no argument from me there. I am definitely <laughs> crazy. You got to be crazy being this job. <laughs> I still think you're crazy as shit, but I have a different level of understanding what you were trying to teach us and a different level of seeing you as a creative person. Because like I tell everybody, and I tell this time and time again, and I'm pretty sure you get tired of me saying the same thing, but it's it's funny because we'll be shooting, and you're like, okay, all right, shoot here, bam, bam, oh, all right, all right, let's let's move on to here, and I'm like, can we get a cut? Because my audio's still rolling. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, cut, yeah, say okay, cool, cool, come on. <laughs> Thirty minutes later, we leave, and then you're texting me like, hey bro, check this out, boom, 
trailer. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Does this guy like? It's remarkable, man. And I wish I had that kind of speed. And it goes back to you've been doing it for a long time. And I love that. But most of us that are coming up, we tend to kind of fall in that 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 hole where we'll shoot, 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 shoot all day. Three months later, we're still editing. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna slap some some cold I guess cold hard reality here. You know, and, and Go it's for not it. for it. Th- this doesn't apply to everybody. Okay, this th- this this isn't saying that this is necessarily how how you or other people have done, but this is ninety percent of my experience. Mm-hmm. Those people that uh, that are having the typical time <laughs> yeah. doing that, I can. You know, I'll ask them, well, how, you know, how's the film going? Oh, well, we're still in post. We're still in doing this. And I'll ask them, well, what happened on Game of Thrones last night? Oh, well, this happened and that happened. Oh, the dragons came over here. and It's, it's like, well, I have no freaking clue who's even in Game of Thrones. I, 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 you know, I, I haven't made it to the movies in, in, in I can't remember how long. Um, the most TV I usually watch now is, is some YouTube videos that, you know, while I'm eating, I'll do that. And then it's just, it's, it's straight into the, uh, the editing room. Um, it's the sitting down and actually doing it and just, and just letting your, you know, turning your, turning that, everything else in your life off. And it's just that. Um, I have no life. I have no, no, no social <laughs> life to really to speak of. Um, uh, it, it comes in waves, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be the life of the party for a while and go out and drinking and, and have the fun and everything. And they'll like three to six months stretches or what have you. And I don't get many films made. You know, I guess you could say that's sort of my, you know, uh, a vacation from filmmaking yeah. and whatnot. I have such a desire to just get it done. When I start it, I want to see it. I want to finish it. I want to get it over with and get on to the next project. Uh, is that necessarily the way it sh- uh, you know, I, I should be? Probably not. I, I make a lot of mistakes and a lot of errors and a lot of, you know, let a lot of things slide where I could take an extra hour and a half to do something. But at the same time, I'm thinking from a realistic standpoint, we, we, we want our films to be absolutely perfect and absolutely, you know, beautiful. Um, but to me, there's always a juggling act or, 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 or a balance, a scale that I have to, that I have to do. Sometimes I'll look at, um, I, I'll give, a, give you an example from, from the, uh, uh, the film that we just, uh, we just finished, Red Days. There's a, uh, there's a, a scene that I, I've been looking forward to a lot in it, and it's a zombie baby. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay, how the hell are we going to do a zombie baby? And yeah. we were like, I have no idea. We'll figure it out as we go. So uh, the day before we're shooting, I find myself in Walmart looking for baby dolls. Uh, and I find a couple, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, we'll, we'll do this, and I'll slap some uh, uh, liquid latex on it, wrinkle it up, you know, make it, you know, kind of do the same, the same zombie effects that we do on live people, see if that works. And then we figured, okay, we'll just put our green screen glove, uh, our green gloves on, and maybe chroma key out hands, and and just kind of try to puppeteer it. And the 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 body movements and the actual movement of of the baby looked great. It's it's yeah. funny, but it's also real, almost very realistic looking. There's like one or two shots that were like, eh, but the rest are just really great. But when it came down to the face, he just kept on looking at it, going it. It's a painted baby doll, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it came down to, well, do I, you know, do I want to take the time to really fix this? There, in this particular case, it was one of those things that I realized that it was so pivotal 
of a scene for the movie that, that, that the, the first half of the movie is so dramatic and so powerful and it really pulls you in, which is very different from some, a lot of my other films. Then to, this is the this is the turning point, and while as as crazy and goofy as the zombie baby is, it still needs to be realistic and it still needs to be believable. Yeah, and it wasn't reaching that mark, so I had to make the conscious decision and the actual effort to to say, okay, this is probably going to take a week for me to do right, but it's important for me to do that if the film has any chance at all of being believable. On the flip side of that, so the, and that's what you should do. That's what you should do is take the time to do it right. And I researched, I bought all sorts of programs and, okay, how am I going to do this and use puppet tooling and all this um, and, and was able to get it where I'm like, okay, that's, that's really yeah. good. Now, on the flip side of that, there are going to be moments where I'm looking at something and I'm seeing uh, some pixelation. You know, uh, you know, through, through my color grading. Uh, I do a lot, you know, I, 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 I'm not quite the teal and orange guy, but I like a, sort of a, a, a more of a, a, a bluish and pinkish to them. Sort of the the, the color grading of the cereal rabbit in yeah. the series. So it's it, they're 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 complementary colors, but they're not that teal and orange, but they're close to it. So that's uh, and since I'm shooting 4K, pretty compressed, I'll get green. I'll, I'll get green, and I can sit there many times and I see okay, there's there's pixelation and there's some flurries and there's some some archiving there. And I said, okay, I can spend the next hour trying to fix that, which people may probably notice, you know, but I can do that or I can move on to the next scene where I have to, you know, uh, or, or I can edit the trailer, you know, yeah. or I can edit a new trailer and it'll take me an hour and a half to edit the trailer. Uh, or, you know, or do I want to spend the hour and a half working on something that is so minuscule and that, you know, if people notice, then the film sucks anyways. So it's not, it's not worth it. So I start balancing how much money am I really going to make off this movie? How many people are really going to see this movie? How much is that little mistake going to really affect the outcome of this film? Yeah. It's not going to be perfect. The acting isn't going to be absolutely perfect. So there's already all these, the, these notches against you. So to spend all that time fixing something so that a college professor will be happy with you, I, I, I just can't do. I, I can't spend the time to do that. Um, and in the end, when, you know, you finish the film as opposed, you know, in, in, in a month or so, and the, and, and the only difference between having spent the month and having spent three months is that you get some, you know, uh, a little bit less, less pixelation or you get the, the, the sound just a little bit better. To me, I, it's a judgment call that I have to make. I want to move on to the next story. I want to next, move on to the next movie. And I'm kind of of the mind that, hey, if the story is captivating and the story and the acting and, and, and what you're seeing up there on screen is, is fun and is enjoyable, then who cares if there's some pixelation in the background? Who cares if the lighting isn't 110% right? Um, I, you know, it, it, my, it kind of goes back to my old style, you know, people, you know, when we had like two lights to work with, yeah. it was like, people would say, okay, Brett, here's the lighting. We got the light set up. How's the light? You know, oh, can you see the actors? Yes. Fucking action. <laughs> you know, that was, you know, that, that, to me, that was all it was. I wanted to see the actors do the things. I'm a character guy. I mean, yeah. I, I know how to write a story. I know how to do the whole, you know, the three act structure and all that. Uh, love the hero's journey. And I, I plot out, you know, I try to plot out, you know, using those, those devices a lot, but I also want to be more of a character driven writer. 
uh, I've also recently come to the conclusion I'm not a, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm a series maker. Um, <laughs> it's so because if you look at every one of my films, there are hints or there are illusions or there are cliffhangers or little questions yeah. that are asked that are that, that that are pushed off and saying, hey, look, there's more to this story and we'll tell you it in the next film. Yeah. Um, and that's what the Innocent Saga was, which was the 10 feature films that I did in one year back in 2007, 2008. It was 10 feature films. It was all the same story, but they were done in feature films. And as I've gone back and started re-editing them as a series, mm-hmm. I realized so much more now that this is the way it was supposed to be in the beginning. Um, I'm not a filmmaker in terms of a feature filmmaker. I, I, I do film feature films, um, but my storytelling technique and the, what I like to do and the way I like to you know, uh, 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 tell my stories are more uh, serial, are more set for series. Yeah. Um, which is why I, I, I love the universe concept so much, which all my films take place in the same universe. And even though Ponderous Productions' universes end, uh, the not-so-sane you know, universe has, you know, through Serial Rabbit 5, of all films, yeah. <laughs> was the connection between the two, which okay. basically rebooted the Ponders universe. But, you know, so now there's, now I've got a multiverse going on. You know, nice, so. nice, nice, nice. Now, I have a question because as, as, as I, w- I don't want to say I'm a fellow filmmaker because I just, I recently did one film and I'm working on another one. I'm not at the level where I'd like to be to where I could honestly sit here and say I'm a filmmaker. Well, can, can I ask you a question? Go ahead. What do you think makes me a filmmaker? You're accomplished. Like, and, and this How's is what it? I'm going to say. You're accomplished because you're, you've notched out some of the things that I want to do. Distribution being one of them, which I, that's where I was kind of leading into. Okay. And I'm glad you asked that question. Because as a filmmaker, we're always chasing that distribution deal. Because we all have that, that ideal from reading Kevin Smith and, and reading uh, Robert Rodriguez stories. Which is not going to happen anymore. It's not. It's lining a bottle. It struck once. Good luck. It, it's there. That was it. It's a, it's a really good dream to aspire to. But I don't think because of where we're at, and I think we talked about this one time in class, we're at that cusp to where almost like if we're at, at, at the bottom or at the top of the Grand Canyon looking out. And we don't know what the fuck is at the end of that Grand Canyon. It's yeah. so wide, so vast. And we're like, wow, we're a little smidge of something there. And we're like, fuck, what's next? You know what I mean? But like going back to the question, as a filmmaker, I honestly, I'm, I'm still chasing that dream of a distribution deal. Whether it's going to make me $200 a month for the rest of my life, which I, I, I would love because that's $200 a month I could save up. Or that, hey, look, here's $10,000. We own your film for the next 30 years of your life, and you will never get it back. But here's a lump sum of money to go make a next film. Or I could see in Walmart one day, and I could see my DVD, Blu-ray special, director's cut with a sleeve there. You've done that. You know what I mean? You've been on the shelves of Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. We miss Blockbuster, but you've been on those (laughs) shelves. You know what I mean? Um, you've done that. You've had overseas distribution. You've had the contracts where it's like, here, look, we're going to own you or not own you, but own your movie for 10 years. It's ours. I I just got Barrio Angels and Cartel Kills back this year. Which, which, you know what I mean? So you could honestly say that. So I was like, man, I wish I could say or be at that point where I'm like, Hey, you, you know what? LVZ, we shot it. We, we sold it. We made enough money, just enough money to make part two. Or, oh, you know what? They were interested in this next one, which is uh, Sacred Mass. They're interested in it. They're going to put it on TV to be able to 
click on and oh man, it's there. You've been there. That's why I'm saying you're an accomplished filmmaker and I'm not there. I'm, I'm, I'm still tinkering around. It, it's still that, what is it called? Oh, what was it called? Oh, I saw it on YouTube once. They were like, you're either an expensive hobbyist or you're a filmmaker. <laughs> I think I'm still at that expensive hobbyist to where I'm like, man, I'm, I'm digging the hole deeper and deeper. I don't think, I think it's, I think it's going to be just a matter of perspective um, mm -hmm. because there, there are, there are going to be more people in this world that don't think I'm a filmmaker than do think that I'm a filmmaker. Um, yes. I've, I, I, you know, the, 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 the list of accomplishments that you leave listed out, but most people, because of the quality, because of the budget, because of, because uh, there's never ever been a name. Well, I don't want to say never, but there, you know, yeah. there's never been a real big name in any of my films. That I'm just, I'm just a dude with a camera. That I'm just, you know, I'm just a, a hobbyist, or you know, I'm making making home movies. That's the biggest thing. Oh, it's it's a movie made in somebody's backyard. People don't consider you a filmmaker at that point. So it's, you know, even even though I can come in with the credentials of, oh, well, I was on Blockbuster, I was on Netflix, I was this. Um, yeah, I forgot the Netflix thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's what you have to decide. There was a, I think uh, Robert Rodriguez, in, in, I can't remember whether it was in his book or whether it was a commentary, had said it best. And it's like, if you want to be a filmmaker, you know, you worry about that. Well, just go, go down to Office, Office Depot, print out some business cards that say director or filmmaker. Congratulations, you're a filmmaker. Um, but, but then again, it goes to say, Anybody could be a filmmaker. Yes. And, and it, anybody is a filmmaker with a camera. But that doesn't necessarily make it a filmmaker. You know what I mean? Because you have to quantify. If, if that's the case, then... Then put an adjective in front of it. You know, are you an accomplished filmmaker? But you then know, it goes, kind oh, of I'm an award-winning filmmaker. Well, I could go to... Uh, I've got so, so many Swahili, awards. What does it matter? It Swahili's you know. International Underground, five-year, yeah, under-budgeted so film, freaking film, film festival, yeah. and I got... Top award because I paid them fifty bucks. Yeah. Now I am an accomplished or an award-winning filmmaker. Yeah. It still doesn't make you know what I mean. There, there's certain quantifiable stuffs. So then that, I, I think what that comes down to is is are you comfortable calling yourself a filmmaker? When do what do you need to do to be yeah. able to call yourself a filmmaker? To the point where if anyone ever comes up to you and says, "Oh, you're not a filmmaker," you can say, "Fuck you, I am." Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's sort of one of the, that's one of the toughest things that I had to deal with yeah. is, is convincing myself that I was a filmmaker, that I, you know, you know, because I set those goals. I want to, yeah. I want to be on Blockbuster. You did that. Oh, I want to be on Netflix. And, you know, and you go out and you do that, but you still, you still have that back in your mind. Am I accomplished enough? Have I, you know, you know, what, what do I need to do to get the respect of other people as a filmmaker? Yeah. And I think that's what it comes down to. I think that's what you're kind of coming down to is the respect from other people. Of uh, you know what 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 is it going to take for other people to accept you as a filmmaker, and uh, I don't think there is any 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 definite. This is what it's going to take, and and who gives a fuck what they think anyways? Yeah. Um, because you know you you know whether you want to. I mean that, that that's that's the inner dialogue that goes on in my head all the time. Okay, well are they just jealous? Okay, well yeah then they're just jealous. They just you know they haven't anyone made that make as many films. Oh then they're just jealous, and then I have to ask myself, well am I just being you know, am I just being selfish and arrogant? You know, is, yeah, you know are they right? They do have a point. You know my lighting sucks. You know it's not always the best acting in the world. It's not this. It's not that. But at what point do you know? 
does the the do the two opinions meet? You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I can be of the mind that I, you know, if if I just sat around waiting for the budget to make my films right, if I were waiting around for the ten thousand dollars, the twenty thousand dollars, how many fil- how many films do you think I would have made? Yeah, one, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you, even when you, uh, you know, when, when I did get those, you know, the, the, those uh, money upfront contracts, you sold the distribution, distribution where there was ten thousand, eighteen thousand, twenty thousand dollars. Most of that went back to the cast anyway because I, you know, I worked deferred, yeah, or, or went back to what you paid into it. So I, I mean, we still haven't really broken, you know, broken even on any of our films. <laughs> Okay. Um, I don't think nobody really ever does. Nobody ever really yeah. does. Yeah, that's the whole net gross, you yeah. know, fiasco in Hollywood. Um, but it, what it, really, what it does come down to is 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 whether you can look yourself in the mirror and say, "Yeah, I'm a filmmaker," um, without that gnawing in the back of your head that says, "Yeah, I'm a filmmaker," but I've never really made a film. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I mean, there, there are people that I know that you know, you know that haven't made a film in years. You know, and, and, and back when they were active five or ten years ago, they made two or three short films. Doesn't mean they're not filmmakers. You know, there, there, there's, there's a, a great filmmaker that, that, that I know in another town um, makes one short film a year for mm-hmm. a contest, for one of, one of those, you know, timed contests. And that's pretty much all he does. And he is always talking about making a feature film, doing, you know, one of these days I'm going to do my feature film. I'm writing my feature film now. Um, and he'll take vacation time to do this this competition doesn't make him any less of a filmmaker. Um, but you know, at that point it just comes down to my opinion or my, my feeling about, well, you know, if you want to make the feature film, you've got to make the feature film. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have any money needed to die. You know, cartel killers was made with nothing. Sierra rabbit three was made with 180 bucks. Uh, after the day, which is the, the 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 original version of Red Days. The Red Days is the zombie movie we just made. Um, we made it. It was going to be just short film. We were just testing out zombie makeup. And it was just, oh, this is kind of a cool story. Well, what about this? What about that? And we just kind of kept building and building. Oh, let's throw this character in. And, like, and we were like, holy crap, we've got a feature film. Oh, wrap it up. Put it on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I look back at it 10 years ago. You know, the story was there. Yeah. But the quality wasn't, definitely wasn't. But I like the story, and I think it's there. So maybe if I were, rework it, I've learned so much. I've got much, much, much better equipment nowadays. You know, with, 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 with Creative Cloud, you've got everything at your fingertips oh, yeah. editing for 50 bucks a month. Um, so we went and we remade After the Day. And, and Red Days, is I love it so much. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, an easy film to make, but it's still one of the ones, ones I'm most proud of because mm-hmm. it had great talent in it. But what it comes down to is, is you know, especially as filmmakers, you know, and, 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 and if we're in Texas, if we're in Nebraska, wherever we're, we may be, we're not going anywhere unless we go to L.A. or New York. If you want to be that million-dollar filmmaker, that's where you got to go. Yeah. Because uh, those are the people with the money. Otherwise, you're going to be knocking on doors asking for money for the rest of your life. Who's going to give you money if you've never made a film before? So with that in mind, go out and make a film with no money. That way you can show that you've done it, you made it, you did it. Maybe it wasn't the best, but I'll guarantee if you make a feature-length film, there's going to be at least one or two scenes in that film that you're really freaking proud of. And that's your demo reel. And that's where you can say, hey, we made a feature film. Here's a scene from it. Check it out. This is what we did for 180 bucks. Can you give us 1800 so Mm -hmm. we can go and make another film? You know, what have you. 
it's a it's a struggle, and you have to realize that that, 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 that this isn't easy. It's it's if it's okay to walk away if this is not your passion, because that's what it takes to do this. It has to be your passion, and you know you're not going to do like I did with made you know 40 feature films if you're not willing to sacrifice a lot of your social life a lot of the rest of your life I mean I, I mean I'm, I'm single I've got no family and that's due to filmmaking um, and I don't have a I don't have a family to show for you know my 46 years of existence but I've got over 40 feature films that's the choice I made some people will be out there going well you fucked up you you should have pursued a family you should have, you know, it's so much better to have a family than to have you know 40 feature films nobody wants to watch but at the same time I'm like well ignorance is bliss I don't know what it's like to have a kid I don't know what it's like to have a family in my eyes I'm not missing anything um but I have those 40 feature films and I can I can watch back and I I, I watch my life and I watch other people grow and I watch yeah. myself grow, um, you know, especially through the innocent saga in just one year, you watch us as filmmakers, as actors, as, as, as sound people become better in a year because yeah. you watch us doing it. Um, so that's an experience. Uh, but it does come down to the amount of passion and what you're willing to sacrifice. Does that mean that people aren't going to get lucky? No, of course people are always going to get lucky, but when it comes down to, distribution contracts nowadays, you got to watch your ass because, you know, there's so many people going, okay, we're not going to give you any money up front, but we'll give you a cut of what, what it, what it makes. And that's the general distribution contract nowadays because of digital streaming. We yeah. were just talking earlier about how Amazon prime is cutting their, cutting their rates. Yeah. They can do that because what are we going to do? Yeah. They got you know, 3.5 million people that are willing to plug in. Yeah. We have three. Uh, they, yeah. I mean, they, they dropped my movie. They dropped one of my movies, Vosat, without explanation. Just mm -hmm. so this, this doesn't apply to community standards or whatever. And it's, it, it's better quality than some of my other films. You know, that was HD. Some of my other stuff was, was, was SD that I blew up to HD so I could get on there. Um, better quality, better fun. You know, but but it, it was very critical of mainstream media. It was very yeah. critical of, of, of uh, local news. So that may have played a part in it. And it's basically said, this has been removed due to quality issues. If you, you, know, if you repost it, we're canceling your entire account. So don't even bother trying to you know, reload it. And I'm like, well, what the hell's wrong with it? It's the same quality, if not better than half the other stuff that I got up there. Why did I get, you know, you know, and, and I've gotten no recourse, yeah. you know, and the same thing with YouTube, uh, you know, uh, my Ponder's production channel gone, um, no explanation. Uh, they, you know, I, I can go on there. I can see all the videos myself, but it completely, they completely, you know, shut the, you know, deleted the videos for the public to see community standards again. You know, I, I use a lot of profanity. I have a different, you know, varying opinion than, than, than a lot of other people and yeah. war dogs pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> that was a good and series though. I, I actually, I'm going to go to a bit shoot or something like that and reload it or something. Yeah. But there, there, but that's the sad thing is there's no, there's no alternative to the, no. to the, to the, to the, to the, the, the Amazon primes and the YouTubes. I wish there were. I think it goes back now to we're peddling. You know, you're peddling up, go to a festival, pop up your 10 by 10, and hey, you know, here I am. It's then, back to selling your movie out of the trunk of your car. Trunk of the car, yeah. But you know what? I think that it was more fun that way. In a way, it is. And, and, and I'll tell you why. The, the last couple of festivals I've been through, especially because of, of uh, the first movie, Low Rise vs. Zombies, being at festivals 
I get to actually see the people who care about the films and and people who want to see the films. You know what I mean? As opposed to if, if I'm at Walmart Blockbuster, most of the time they're going to pick it up and look at it and like, it's a piece of shit. It's a, like you said, it's a home film that bunch of cholos who can't act or whatever. And I'm like, dude, it no, you got to see it. It's funny. While I'm over here at the VFW screening it and there's 300 people loving it because it's about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And It's about finding your audience. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's where I'm more comfortable doing that rather than putting on, like you said, Amazon or anything, even though I want to chase that because it, 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 it's an accomplishment. It's just like fluff my feathers just for just a, a quick second. I want to be able to say, yeah, I did that. But now let's go to nowadays. Since we got so sidetracked. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, was, I have a uh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 class, no. I like doing on tangents. <laughs> no, I, I like that. Because, um, you know, um, the film you just finished. <laughs> and it's going to be up. No, you're premiering it next Saturday. Yeah, Saturday the 14th. Where? Uh, at uh, the Alamo Draft House, uh, Park North, uh, North, yeah, Park North or North Park, right? uh, Park North, Park North, yeah, uh, in San Antonio, Alamo Draft House, 4 p.m. Uh, it's 4 p.m. showing. Uh, tickets are available. Tickets are available online at notsosane.com. Um, yeah, that's how you get the tickets, and then yeah. uh, it's a it's a smaller theater. You know, we just you know we just it, you know it's really just you know just a you know you're usually mostly for the cast and crew, and just a uh, just a you know it's more of a celebration of you know for the cast and crew and their friends and family and anybody that wants to you know actually come and see an independent film. Uh, it's not for the major masses or anything like that. It's, you know, but you know if people want to come, we invite them to come. And your distribution, how do you how are you going to handle distribution for this one? Um, this is, we're, we're trying out a new, we're trying something new out. Of course, we're, we're going straight to Amazon Prime, uh, and then of course DVDs, but, uh, we've discovered, uh, Film Hub. We're going to, we're going to give them a shot and see what that, what that works out mm -hmm. as. And that's really them. Uh, and that, that, that's what a lot of, a lot of companies do nowadays. Uh, uh the, you have these aggregates. Uh, I don't know if, you know, how many people are aware of these, but you know, there, there are people like Go Digital and, and, and Film Hub. What they'll do is it, like, if you want to get on Netflix, yeah. you can't go knock on Netflix door. Yeah. You used to be able to, mm -hmm. but you know you can't do that anymore because they they, they don't want to they don't want they don't want your one film, you know they don't want your two films or three films, so they're not going to talk to guys like us. But there are these aggregates out there who who will buy up films like ours, uh, whether it be a distribution contract in, in sort of percentages or maybe they'll throw you a thousand bucks. But what you normally what they do is they will right, we'll give you a percentage of whatever we sell the film for. So what they then do is they take all of our films, and they've, they've got like 200, 300 films per month that they'll pick up. And then they go to, they, they go to the, the, the Netflix and the Hula, Hulus and all them, and they vomit them all out and say, hey, you want any of these? And then they'll, they'll, they'll cherry pick them, and Netflix will go, oh, we'll take that one and that one, and the rest of them, no. And then they'll take it to Hulu. You want any of these? Oh, we'll take that one, that one, this one, and the rest, no. So now they've been able to sell four, five films to Netflix or, or Hulu, and then they've got this whole catalog of other films yeah. that we've, we have, as filmmakers have sold them for whether you know 10 years or 15 years, whatever. And if you sign that exclusivity deal, you're done because they don't care. They, that was their one pitch. Here, Netflix, do you want this? No? Okay, you don't. They put it on a shelf, and nothing's going to happen to it for the next 10 years. Um, so that's why, you know, when you see that exclusivity, 
No, make it a non-exclusive deal so that, you know, and, and, and we've done that with a couple other, you know, uh, uh, this one company out of Oklahoma, they're, they're kind of doing that. We were like, they said, hey, let's do this. I said, well, we're not giving you exclusivity. Okay, well, we'll sign up non-exclusive. So they send the contract and it says exclusive. And I was like, ah, oh, nice try. Yeah. We read the contracts, <laughs> you know that, right? Yeah. So they finally got us to non-exclusive, you know, in, in the contract. We let them do it. And they wound up just sticking on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Nothing else happened to it. So we canceled. And we made sure that we had that, that they got it for a year. And then we could, re, you know, and then we would, re, you know, re-enlist and whatnot. Uh, re-signed at that point, And we just canceled it after a year and said, you guys don't know what you're doing, you know. And then they went out of business, like, a little while later anyway. Well, it can't be any worse than the distributor. Distributor? Uh, well, it depends, you know. I mean, I mean, they went under. They were ripping a lot of people off because they were doing yeah. the same thing. They were buying up titles and everything. Their their one hope was like, hey dude, get us on. We could get you on Netflix, Hulu, all these big shit, and here's a thousand, two thousand bucks. Yeah, they're always gonna sell you a bill of goods. Yeah. Yeah, and then at the end of the day, they were like, yeah, we're cashing in on you, and you don't even know about it. Yeah. Well, anyways, but let's go back to your film because let's talk about your sure. film. Mm-hmm. Pitch it. Oh, I really, really, really no, suck at that. I, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, because um. I was just on Film Hub, and they're like, you know, oh, and here, give us your pitch. Ah, fuck it, I'm not going to give a pitch. No one's going to buy it anyways, so I'm not going to waste an hour typing this up. Just good, because it wasn't, it was optional anyways. It didn't have a little yellow exclamation mark, so fuck it, I'm not going to spend my time doing that. It's like filling out all those damn film festival things. Where they say, give me your log line. Give me your extended long line. Now give me your log line in French. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the, I, I, the, the general rundown of it is is it's a uh, you know uh, you know this this will probably alienate a lot of your, vis- your viewers and whatnot, but I, I I'm I'm I guess what you what, what you call the red pill MGTOW kind of a guy, <laughs> yeah, um, much more you know and, and I don't know I mean all three of our viewers I mean Jonathan's one of them so you're good okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I lean much more libertarian, yeah. uh, but I but I do you know lean slant towards conservatism. Um, so I, I just watch all these SJWs and a lot of the political you know uh, uh, leanings in a lot of the films and a lot of my, my my favorite franchises being destroyed by these things and me going this this isn't these are not the movies I grew up with these are not these characters that I grew up with. Yeah. So I said, you know what? Balls to the wall. I'm just going to make a story that's going to be interesting to me. And it's going to speak to me and my and my values. Um, so I I was also looking for uh, a film to do that I could do cheap, easily, that I didn't have to get, bring on a shitload of producers to help me find locations and actors and all that. Blah, 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 blah. So <laughs> I, I looked. I was looking back at my old catalog, and I was watching my old film After the Day, which was basically just a dude. And his girlfriend and his crazy neighbor are, you know, uh, sitting around on their patio one day and a nuke goes off, a little small nuke. And, you know, it's it's like, you know, for the next, you know, for the first half of the movie, it's them dealing with with the, the, the fallout and, and you know, uh, uh, they, they hold up in their house. People come to the door, you know, uh, the sister's missing. So the girlfriend goes out trying to find her. Um, then comes back and she was bit by somebody and basically winds up that there was something in the nuke that made everybody go zombie, you know? So, and again, this was just sort of a, a movie for fun and it was testing her zombie films. And at the end, there's this scene where, uh, cause the sister comes back after, after a while and she's turned, been turned into a vampire. And then it was, we just get, we actually were able to get a horde of like 10 or 12 zombies. So yeah. it, the, the, the big finale is the, the vampire 
killing all these zombies. And, and, and we sent it off to Film Threat, which was sort of this independent review magazine. And, and they got, came back with one of the best reviews we've ever gotten. And nice. they said it was great. It was, uh, and they said it was the most fun gore fest they had seen since the lawnmower scene in Dead Alive. <laughs> nice. And we were like, oh, that's such a great compliment. Heck yeah. Uh, loved it. But, you know, of course, it's low budget. You know, it was shot on an yeah. XL1, so, you know, never really went anywhere. And I went back and said, this is a film I can make. It all takes place in one house. I can answer all those questions and really pay attention to the details that we didn't get to, you know, pay attention to and the other, all the questions that have popped up over the last 10 years. Well, why didn't it do this? Why didn't it do that? Um, and we were able to shoot it in 4K, you know, have the lights. I brought in a DP, uh, a guy that I work with, uh, and, and, and having a DP actually allowed me to work with the actors the way that yeah. I wanted to. Um, and I was able finding, to find myself seeing the actors do something or say something or even me get an idea. Oh, what if we do this? But because I wasn't running the camera and I wasn't running and gunning and because he was running the camera for me, I could actually go, you know what? Do that again. Do another take. I want, I want to do it again. <laughs> As yeah. opposed to going, it's fucking good enough. I'll, do, I'll fix it in post. Yeah. So that's something I really learned on a set is, you know, because, I mean, you know how many times people yeah. have said, get a DB, get a DB, get a DB. Um, and I always hesitated and I always said no. And this one, it was sort of, it was a throwaway enough film for me that I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Um, and then Ciamaro, uh, 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 who, we, who we cast completely blindly, basically we went on like backstage. Um, we, had, we were worried. So we've never worked with her before. How's it going to work out? She was phenomenal. She made it so fun. Uh, she was funny. She really got the role. Uh, and, and it was funny cause there, we had some, and I don't know what the hell happened to actors and actresses nowadays, because there was, there's a couple of lines in the script and there's, we actually offered the, 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 the role to like two or three other actors that we know. And they were like, well, it says I, it's something about a blow job. Uh, I'm not going to be in the movie. Can you change that line? And I'm like, I'm not asking you to do it. I'm just asking you to say it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, people yeah. are like, you know, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to be an actor, but I won't say this word. It's like, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, that's what an actor does, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a profession where you have to act. Yeah, yeah. It, we're not saying you are one. Yeah. You just, you're acting. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it, it's like the, you know, it's like the whole, you know, the, the, uh, Oh, you can't, you know, there's this whole movement of, of, well, if you're, you know, if you're disabled, you know, if you're playing a disabled character in a movie and you're not disabled yourself, there's something wrong with that. You know, go, go, you're taking a job away from somebody who is disabled. It's like, no. So does that mean that somebody who's disabled can't play a perfect, a person who doesn't have any disabilities? You know, it works both ways. Yeah. So, you know, it, you're an actor, you know, it, act. Yeah. You know, and that, and that's you know you're supposed to be playing somebody else. That's not you. Um, but we're getting off track there. But you know, Samara, <laughs> we always get you know, off track. Was, was great. She you know she came in. She played the role. It was perfect. Uh, she did a really good job, and um, it was a fun set. Now I, I you know if you if you've ever worked, I think you worked with Sergio once or twice. He's yeah. Got this the star of this film. He played the knight in. <laughs> Uh, the original movie, and the night being because the, the the California it becomes a California monarchy. That's the sort of that's government takeover. Yeah. So the the policing agencies, the military, they're knights, and the guy that comes in to help with the zombies and the and, and the vampire, he's a knight. And Sergio played the other one. He was just he was, he was fit and he was really well. 
Well, now he's like a big fat tub of lard. Oh my so goodness. we made him the guy that sits in the, oh, yeah. he, you know, uh, you which is funny because. Door complex. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll be the first one to tell you, you know, it's like, you know, Brett, I can't, you know, because he, he played Dr. Fish in the Innocent Saga. Uh-huh. He says, Brett, if we ever make the remake, the Innocent Saga, I can't play Dr. Fish. I have to play Dr. Whale now. <laughs> so, um, so we made him the guy that's, you know, yeah. that's stuck in the house and, uh, um, uh, and, the, and it was going to be the guy who originally played in the after the day as the guy stuck in the house. He was going to be the knight now because now he's all buff and he's bodybuilder and everything. Uh-huh. Schedule didn't work out, so he wasn't able to do it. So we had to find somebody else last minute. Uh, I have no idea where I was going with this, but that was the uh, no. <laughs> uh, I think we went off on a tangent. There was a question there that I was asked that I just started going off on. Well, we were just talking about your film, Dave. And then I think we yeah we went on tangent. Yeah. That's um, all right. No, yeah, that's all right. We'll continue yeah. the tangent. Until yeah. <laughs> um, I figure out another question to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, but it was it, it was it was being able to work with a, you know great talented actors like uh, like, like uh, Charles Riley he came in to play you know play a role and knocked it out of the park. Uh, Denise Villarreal, who played uh, uh, you know other role, smaller roles in like the project and in Sierra Rabbit Five. That's just my digital okay. picture. Okay, we're about to um, a couple other th- you know uh, and a couple other roles and you know and she plays Charles' uh, wife and it, you know they, they knocked it out of the park. Brad, uh, who's been working you know, a producer actor of mine. You know, you know, business partner. He owned partner. You know, part ponders with me. Business, you know, a good business partner. He's become such a great actor and 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 plays such a great funny character in this mm-hmm. in, in this film. Um, and I was able to just you know spend the time doing some more creepy lighting and really being able to let my DP have you know some fun and do his stuff. And there were times where I'm like, okay, let me take the camera. I want to. You know, I want to. I want. I and it, that, that's hard for you because I've again I've worked with you, and that is the hardest thing to do to take that camera away from you. Yeah. Got the own little. Fucking hands, yeah. Because <laughs> you are so. But it 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 goes back to the many years you've done, you know, guerrilla style, one man band. Yeah, because you know. it's all up in my head. Yeah, you know, I know what I want. I know what I need, and it's sort of the. I, I, for me, it's, it's always a, you know, it's always a time issue. It's always, well, I don't want to, you know, I, you know, especially when you're paying by the day, just get as much shit as we can and, you know, every day as possible. And if you got this time, you know, you got, you know, if you're wasting time getting shit you don't need, then that's a scene, another scene that you could be shooting and you could be whittling down that day, you know, the, the yeah. days that you need these actors. Um, so yeah, you know, because I'm editing as well. You know, when I'm shooting a scene, you know, like uh, there's a scene where, where where the main character dances down the street, you know, and you know I'm I'm watching over the DP's shoulder and and I'm p- putting pieces together. I'm going, okay, that's a good shot. That's a good shot. This is a good shot. But I wasn't quite getting that revolving, spinning, just what I was looking for. And I knew that that I was like, let me let me do one or two, you know. And I took it and I was able to go and do mm-hmm. it and get what I wanted. We were able to move on. Um, but you know, but but it, that's where a lot of it comes from. A lot of the speed comes from is is because it is a one man band. You know, it's, it's all up in my head. I know what I need, and I've got a checklist in my head that I'm going off. And I'm and and as we're shooting, I'm editing that scene in my head, and it's sort of like scene here, you know, scene missing here. You know, yeah. I can leave that little marker in as I continue editing. It's like, oh, I need that medium shot. Oh, I need that close up. Oh, I need this. Um, and and that 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 allows me to not then sit have to sit around and now that I've got the scene edited in my head and I've got my shot list in my head checked off going okay I've edited the scene in my head I've got all the shots I need I can move on rather than sit there and go well let's see what else can I get can I get a wide shot can I get this can I get that it's like I don't have time I got to move on go yeah and I think that's one of the things I've learned having 
somebody run the camera because I, I wanted to get into that, get into a habit of not running the camera all the time. And because I'm not as savvy in the camera as I am with audio gear, I brought in somebody who knew camera. I'm like, oh, anyways, it was harder for me to kind of reel her in because she's used to, like you were saying, oh, man, let's go for that cinematic wide. And I'm like, dude. We don't have the time. My philosophy on we that is... We don't is have the time. I, I want to tell the story. Yeah. First and foremost. I have no money to tell the story, but I'm telling the story anyway. Uh, I want to do the beautiful cinematography, the beautiful lighting, incredible acting from top to bottom. I want the great special effects, but I don't have the money. Yeah. That'll come. I just have to tell myself, okay, I've got to make this movie, show them what I can do for nothing... And then when I have the money, when I have that million dollars over me, then I can take the time to do that. But I just don't. It's being practical. I don't have the time and money for that right now. Yeah. I will someday. Mm-hmm. Just not now. You know, and, then, and I do get to do, you know, especially in a feature film, there are the slow days where, you know, let's take some time to do this shot. Or, you know, sometimes there is just this specific shot that I want, and I will take the time to do that. But that's figured out beforehand. That I know that beforehand. I know when the nuke goes off. I know the cinematic sweep around the, you know, sweep around the actors to behind their back to see what they're looking at. I know that's the shot that I want. So I'm willing to take the extra time to do that. But if I'm just on set and going, you know what, I could do this, I could do this great shot, but I've got three more scenes I gotta shoot today. I don't have the time for this. Fuck it, move on, go. Yeah, cool, cool. I'll do it when I have the money. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So this is, oh, so that's what we're talking about. You were talking about the previous movie. After the uh, day. The yeah, movie. after the day, and this is? Red days. Red days, okay, cool. Now we're back on track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're back on track. 30 minutes later. <laughs> we should put a little thing here. It's like, you know, get back on track. Like a chess clock. Every time right. we change subjects, <laughs> like, we have to hit the clock. Yeah. Uh, who changes more often? I think you change it more <laughs> oh, often than I have no you. doubt. I, mean, I know in class, I've, I've, I've gone from, from lenses one minute, yeah. and then like 10 minutes later, we're talking about time paradoxes. And, and throwing you know, people out of the back of the white van. And exactly. I'm like, huh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> No, so as far as for as far as this film, you had a DP. It was you, brand new actors, actresses that you've never worked before. Some, yeah, some. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the rest of your? Because I remember we talked about this on Sir Rabbit Five. It's the rehashing of your whole ponderous universe mm-hmm. into not so sane, and we're starting all over. Yeah, this would be kind of like almost a new film after Sir Rabbit Five. Yes. Well, we had uh, we had Sierra Rabbit Five, and then we had the project, which was a which was a pilot episode for. A I forgot about that. Do. Yes, got it. Uh, and that was really that that was really a, a big kickoff to the to, to the Ponderous Universe because uh, from the Ponderous Universe because it was a story I didn't get to tell from the Ponderous Universe. Mm-hmm. It was about the Mojo Girls, and we never got to tell that story. So this was my attempt to to, to really jump back and, and do that. Um, and now I've, I've gone back and I've, uh, uh, started re-editing the Innocent Saga, which was the 10 feature films. And I'm putting some of the other films into that yeah. and it's being edited as a series now. Okay. Um, and I'm even shooting extra scenes of me currently in the alternate timeline that was split off from Serial Rabbit 5. Mm-hmm. And there's references to things that happened in Serial Rabbit 5 that explain why it's been typed on. So 
we are merging the two universes. So right now, sort of my, 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 my idea is to finish merging the universes through the Innocent Saga. Okay. Do the Innocent Saga and have about six or seven seasons of that, which hopefully they'll be done by the end of next year. Because, I mean, okay. they've already been shot. They've already been edited. Yeah. It's just fine-tuning them and polishing them up and remastering them, putting new digital effects in, things yeah. like that. And then putting in the new, the new not-so-sane timeline that crisscrosses. Um, and then leading it into the actions and the timeline and all the events and things that happen in the Innocent Saga, I want to redo the way it was supposed to be done. Because when, you know, when, when you're making a 10 film saga with no, with no money, no things yeah. change a lot. You know, by movie three, things had changed dramatically. <laughs> by film yeah. 10, it wasn't even the same thing that we started off with. Yeah. And that's just because actors drop out and this and that. Um, or I just get tired of actors and I'm not working with that person again. We'll read, we'll write them out. Um, so it's, it, 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 the idea is to get us to a point where we can restart the innocent saga in the not so sane universe, but with an entire new cast with it, with, you know, making it young again, yeah. you know, and, and, and those of us who are in it that are still there, we're going to be in it, but we're now the mentor characters. We're now those other guys that they, you know, the, 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 the old wise characters yeah. that they come to. Um, and so the you know, yeah, yeah, we're the old ones. ones. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's sort of like, I guess, I guess when you say, you know, you know like you, the funny, you bring that up. Cause you know, I've, I've thought of that before is, is, you know, I've caught myself kind of going down that Luke Skywalker route. Now it's like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to make myself the bitter old man. I was like, oh, oh shit. No, look what happened when they made Luke a bitter old man. He's right. Yeah. That was not characteristic of him. The character I play, my character would never become the type of character that I was thinking about taking him towards. And I said, no, that's not true to that character. I need to, I need to be careful of that. Um, so, you know, so I, I'm, I'm still learning, you know, through, through the mistakes that other people make as well. Yeah. Um, about how, you know, about, you know, the best ways to, you know, to, to interact with that. But yeah, it is, it is, it is I, I mean, it's always going to be until the innocent saga is done the way that is in my head, the way that I wrote it many years ago has the scenes that I wanted it to be in there has the music that I wanted to be in there until all of that. I'm, uh, I'm never going to be fully satisfied. Cool. Now are you going to meet, make any more sugar rabbits? I, every, I, when I'm done with a cereal rabbit, I always say I'm never making another cereal rabbit as long as I live. And I always make another cereal rabbit. So um, when are you shooting the next year? Rabbit? <laughs> I, there are no plans to do that right now. Yeah. I haven't written it off. I mean, I've, you know, we're always bouncing ideas around. Um, really hopefully, I, I guess one part of it is, 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 well, you know, when someone comes along and, th- you know, say, hey, well, $35,000 to make another Sierra rabbit movie. All right, maybe I will. Um, I, Sierra rabbit is, you've got to be in the mood for it. Yeah. Uh, just in the, in, in, in the place that I am in my life right now, it's not a Sierra rabbit time. Yeah. It's not, you know, it, you know, Sierra rabbit is goofy, silly, funny, not serious at all. Uh, the place I'm at right now in my life, uh, I'm not feeling goofy and silly and, you know, okay. uh, so it's not, the, it's not that right time for me. For, okay. for no, 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 no. It, it's understood. Especially, like, like you said, you have the ability and the equipment to go back and really hone in a lot of what you originally wanted to yeah. do with, with the stuff you wanted to yeah. do. Yeah, and that's been, yeah. that's been one idea is to, because nobody will ever see the original Sierra Rabbit. You know, it, it, it is buried and, and burned and will never be, never see the light <laughs> of day again. So there's the, th- and, and I'm always getting questions. Hey, where's Sierra Rabbit 1? Where's Sierra Rabbit 2? You know, I've seen 3 yeah. and 5, but where are the other ones? It's like, ha ha. <laughs> there is no 2 and 4. Um, <laughs> what was the, the one thing that I still remember is like, oh, we only make even, no, 
odd number, odd number ones, odd number of movies because we're just a little bit odd yeah. ourselves. It's an odd. And series. I was like, yeah. yeah, and I was like, okay, that's a really good answer. But let me, what is the real answer? You never gave me the real answer. Never ever. I was like, okay, fine, fuck it, I'll leave it alone. And I think it, it hasn't to like the last year or so that we kind of got close enough to where like, well, you know. <laughs> Here's the real story, and I'm like, you know what? You should have just kept it at, <laughs> at what you originally told me. He's like, just leave it there. There, there there's a laundry list of, of things that you know we, yeah. we all tell. We, we you know you ask Brad, he'll tell you one thing. Yeah. You ask me, I'll tell another. Um, you know, one of, one of my favorites is, and I think we even put it in in, in one of the scripts. I, it, you know, I, I know, like in Zero at Five, we even make reference to the fact that I'd introduce you to so and so from Zero at Five, Zero uh, at Four, but they never made that one. So yeah, you know. <laughs> so we made reference to that. And I think in Zero at Three, they're even saying, you know, uh, or in the commentary of, or maybe in the movie itself, I've said, you know. Uh, well, you know, we, we, we wrote the script for Sarah Rabbit 2, but it was so bad, we decided to just skip and go on to 3. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> silly, ridiculous little things like that. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, there, there's the, there, that's sort of the thought that I, I've sometimes had that, well, maybe I'd go back and I'll remake the first movie and do that, you know, because, you know, everyone, want, you know, it seems to be the big question is what is the origin of Sarah Rabbit? And, yeah. and really, we kind of delved into that in the first but one, do you but really it's like asking do we really need to know the species for yoda yeah he's, he's just good, a badass good, character very good point he's just, very he's good yoda's point. yoda yeah sir rabbit sir fuck it just leave it alone yeah let's keep making forward you know but um <laughs> then sir rabbit um most of you you're like you were saying most of your films are derived from this universe yeah. and and now it's like a multi-universe that you have mm-hmm. You're gonna keep moving forward, then. Yeah, and that, I'll tell you that—that's that, one thing about. See, I'm a, I'm a. Another reason that I'll be single for the rest of my life is I'm a free, I'm a freedom guy. Uh, I, I love freedom. I love liberty. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll probably, I'll, you know, I'll probably die protecting my freedom. <laughs> so I've already come to grips with that. I'll probably die when they come for my stuff. When they, uh, I love freedom and I love the ability to do what I want to do. Yeah. And. That's one thing that's great about not being in a studio, not having the investors, not having any of that over your head. I can do whatever the fuck I want. The universe I have in my head, I know all the ins and outs. I know who dies. I know who lives. I know what happens to these characters. You ask me where, you know, what movie they went to in the third grade, I can tell you. You know, it's all up in my head. There's no reason for me to abandon that universe. Um, it's where I love, it's where I, where my playground is. And I've kind of already come to the grips that I'm never going to be a Spielberg. I'm never going to be that Hollywood filmmaker because I want my freedom. I don't want, you know, I, I wouldn't know what to do with two, you know, with $10 million if something landed in my lap like that. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a guy with a camera who likes to tell stories. Um, and that's, that's who I am and that's who I want to be. And I, I lost track of that for a while. Sometimes, you know, you get that, oh, I'm going to be yeah. the next Spielberg. I'm going to be the next Rodriguez. It's like, that's not who I am. I'm just a guy who tells stories and, and I've got to tell the stories my way. And in, in many ways, I've given up on, on making money with my movies. And now it truly is just about the passion. It really is just about telling the story. So it does come down to if people... You know, people are going to tell me, hey, you need to let it go. You need to give up on the, this whole saga. You need to give up on, you know, these old movies. I mean, there's movies in the saga that I never got to tell, you know, you know, in the universe that I never got to tell. You know what? Un- until they start writing me a check and they start giving me money to make the movies they want me to make, they can go fuck themselves. Yeah. Uh, and that's, the other, that's another thing as an independent film. When someone criticizes your film and says, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. Fuck you. Give me the money and I'll do that. 
Yeah. Until they give me money to make the film they think I should make, they need to shut their mouth. Because that's, I'm, I'm kind of tired of that mm-hmm. because, you know, anybody who's, you know, worth or weight has, has been told when they've, and I'll bet you, I'll bet you, you've been told this too, when you, when yeah. you know, with your, your film, man, I can only imagine what you do with a budget. Oh, hell yeah. Then give me a budget, motherfucker. <laughs> no, no, this is what, what I don't understand. And, and I, I and came these to the people that won't even buy 10, that won't even buy your movie for 10 bucks. Yeah. But this is what I came to grips. And this was through another filmmaker. Um, friend of ours. I, no, I don't think you know him. Mm, Colin. Colin Farrell. I don't think you know Colin him. Colin Farrell? I've yeah. heard of him. The, no, no, the actor? No, 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 no. no. He's gone done. Well, his name's Colin. I can't remember his last name. Anyways, he does a lot of, of running gun film. Um, individual guy. He seemed like mainly everybody else. Grill style, one-man band, everything. And he gets, like, criticized. I mean, this guy gets, like, pages and pages of just... Dogging, dogging. I'm like, have you been to my Netflix and IMDb pages? No, I have, I have. <laughs> and, but but there's a, there's an even amount on yours to where you have an actual like this little cult following of people who expect the next you know Brett Mauser film. They're they're expecting it. They know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. When you walk into your film, you know you know what you're getting. Exactly. But with him, I'm like, dude, how do you deal with it? He's like, look, you can take it as as any which way you want, but this is how I take it. He's like, I'm getting criticized like if I was a billion dollar budget film. Yeah. Because this guy, whoever he is, this keyboard warrior, decided to one, watch my movie. Two, he sat there contemplating how awful. And shitty my movie was for probably about a good hour to two hours, letting it fester in him. Then he sat there behind his keyboard, typing away, editing, typing away, editing, because he wanted to make sure everything was correct. So he took another two hours to edit that 30-minute fucking oration on how you sucked. Then he took another five minutes to put it on IMDb, you know, thought about it for another five minutes, and then hit send. He's like, so total and all, he spent about good seven eight hours thinking about my movie yeah he's like i done my job <laughs> i i like i like I was that like, guy's attitude wow dude i didn't even think about it. i was like wow my whole world just... well a lot of those you know like, and the answer to anything a lot of those people are people we know a lot yeah. of those people are other filmmakers here in town or people who work with us and are and, and are pissed off that we're out there making movies and they're not so a lot you know and, and it's funny you can sometimes pick them out i've i've read you know, I, I, I've read, you know, reviews and I'm like, I know who the hell this is. <laughs> I know, I know because they'll say something, they'll yeah. let something drop that I'm like, especially when they're like, you know, I was at the premiere. I was like, shit, dude, they're all, there's five, there's of like y'all. five people at the premiere. <laughs> there was five of y'all motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Two of them were my students. So I know how you write. Yeah. You write like three graders, third graders, motherfuckers. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's very uh, no, no. I, I like that attitude. It's very similar. Like the uh, I made a I made a movie once called Green Conspiracy, which was which was about you know set in the future, sort of like a Soylent Green kind of a thing. Yeah. It was a very critical of the environmental movement uh-huh. and saying, look, it was sort of a, a a warning of look, hey, if we if we go too far with this, this is the world we're gonna get. My favorite thing was sending it to all these green environmental film festivals. Knowing that these hippie tree huggers were gonna have to sit there and watch my anti-environmentalist movie. <laughs> you horrible! I love it. <laughs> You're such a fucking asshole. I fucking love it. Oh man, yeah, it's, it's like sending a movie like Die Hard to lethal weapon to a women's film festival. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. With that said, thank y'all very much. <laughs> we will not be back on the air anymore. <laughs> You've been canceled. You've been canceled. <laughs> iTunes no longer wants to share your podcast. <laughs> so far, we haven't been flagged, so we're good. You know? <laughs> But but yeah, I was like, man, up until that point, I was like, dude, I was bitter because somebody had said, like, dude, I hate people who talk bilingual. They're so uneducated. I was like, oh, man, for like a whole day, I was just ranting and raving and everything. And then he got a hold of me and said, dude, why? Think about it this way. And I'm like, oh, man. There's a there's a critique that I got on Barrio Angels. That, and I, I I tell my class this one sometimes, you know, yeah. too, because I'm still trying to figure out what the hell they meant by it. They, 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 they ream Barrio Angels and then, you know, all sorts of different things they said, but then they talk about the actresses and they say, and the actresses look like they should be working at a refrigerator factory. To this day, I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I don't even get that. What do, what do, what do people who work at refrigerators? That's factory? my point. I'm like, what, what, I mean, is, you know, I, what? And and I and it's and 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 I shouldn't let it, but it's it's not like. But see, that's not why it's it's not one of those. I mean, I've had. So, I mean, people have said, you know, this movie should not be watched by anyone with eyes. You yeah. know, things like that. I mean, I, I love have, those. I know. <laughs> you know, and I and and, and I get mad. What kind for of a movies while. do people with eyes do? Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that gets you questioned. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, you know, just go on any of my films, you'll see there, you know, people, people ream them, you know, and, and it was like the funny, the funny thing is, you know, like movies like the, uh, the, the project, you know, which is, you know, which, which, which stars four women, but also puts it planted in reality where yeah. they're not doing front flying kicks that are going to send, you know, a 300 pound bouncer flying across the wall. And I get this stuff about, oh, this is just another female empowerment movie. It's like, have you watched the movie? These girls get their ass whipped and handed to them and they're not heroes in the end of this. Yeah. What movie are you watching? <laughs> um, but, but, you know, but then there, you know, there, there are times where I'll watch something, you know, get her, get a review and I get, get up, you know, get upset for a little while. I mean, who can't, I mean, you can't, yeah, help. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's natural. Yeah. It's gonna be like, oh, fuck, you know, you're human, you're human. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you know, so most of those I laugh at now. But it's the refrigerator one that has stuck with me. Not because I'm angry at it. Not because I'm like, how dare he say my actresses should be working at a refrigerator factory. It's more like, what the fuck did he mean by my actresses should be working at a refrigerator factory? That's the reason it stuck with me. Is like, what, what the hell does that mean? And usually I'm pretty good at humor and jokes and getting sarcasm yeah. and wit. This made no sense whatsoever. And I, you know, I was like, okay, is this a... Is this a race thing? Is this a ethnicity thing? Is this a sexist thing? What kind of a thing is this? I don't get it. You, you know, should, you should make a, a film just about that one comment. Refrigerator factory workers. Yeah, <laughs> but I wouldn't know how to cast it because I don't know what there's what, what people who work in refrigerator factories are supposed to be. So yeah, or look, how would I cast it? Well, I mean, just well, I guess body I'd have to cast them again. Yeah, you're gonna have to recast Body Angels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm doing everything I can to drive down your viewership. Yeah, <laughs> you're not helping one bit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll tell you something. Once we we cancel, well, not cancel. Once we get off air, about <laughs> about the ladies of of South, South uh, Southern Texas, wait, Southern Hospice Internal Treatment Center, and how awesome they are. But I'll, I'll tell you <laughs> after this. Oh, are that, any of them single? Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Margie, <laughs> she's a she's an old call lady, a retired call lady. So I'm pretty sure she's always looking for you know 
her next investment. <laughs> <laughs> Social Security only comes once a month. Remember that. <laughs> but with that said, bro, I do appreciate you being on here. Um, as always, whenever we get to talking, we always get on tangents. And, and I love that. Because that is who you are. And I, I really wanted to do this podcast before um, you did your premiere because I wanted other people to kind of get to know who you are and, and where you're coming from and, and the type of films and whatnot. And they should take it. They should take note of independent filmmakers like yourself mm-hmm. um, because you have been around. You have proven yourself. And, and like that's why I said in my eyes, I don't think I should be able to call myself a filmmaker because I have such high esteem for people like yourself who have, like, sacrificed so much to make independent film what independent film is. Well, if And it's, continue that. If it's of any consolation, I mean, you know, you have my permission to call yourself a filmmaker. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm not, you say, I'm a filmmaker. Yeah, you are. Okay. You made a film? Yeah, you're a filmmaker. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate it. I do. Yeah. But I would also, you know, you, you know, you, you have, you, you do take it seriously and you have finished, you know, you, you have finished projects and I see no reason why you wouldn't call yourself a filmmaker. No. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. It still doesn't change much, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like, if it's all right, I would like to plug one. one, one no, one go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, it's not out yet. It will be coming out, uh, but it's a it's a documentary. It's just a it's it's more just a, a series of interviews, but it's mm-hmm. about the Innocent Saga. It will be on Google, Amazon Prime. It really is just for filmmakers, because okay. uh, it's a series of because uh, after uh, a couple years after we finished the Innocent Saga, we all got back back together and we had sort of like, these interviews, and uh, it's just us talking about the stories behind set about the things that you know you don't usually hear in film documentaries right. it's it's a lot like this just us you know us having interviews and, and talking about the stories and things that we remember and how the innocent saga was made uh it's called remembering the innocence the making of the innocent saga and it'll be on amazon prime sometime this month so if you're interested in independent film it's a great little film to you know you know like i said it's just a bunch of series of interviews with behind the scenes footage and outtakes and things but i i it, it's a great stroll down memory lane for me and i think for filmmakers it'd be an interesting educational experience as well awesome cool and your website not so sane.com n-o-t-s-o-s-a-n-e i always misspell it not so sane.com you misspell you misspell your old god dog on date that's all right um anything else you want to plug if we're not, um, well, we're not going to go there, but anything else you'd like to talk about? You stopped me. I did. I had to stop you before you kept going. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't really what I answering that the way I wanted to. It probably get me in a lot of trouble with a lot of people I know. Um, well, I mean, I mean, you can you can search me on Amazon uh, Prime and see a lot of our films. Uh, uh, you know, everything from from the project. Well, you can't see Vosot anymore. Catch mm-hmm. us off of there. Uh, <laughs> but Vosot, the project, after the day, blow a kiss. Uh, several different several different films. Just go to notsosane.com. You'll find uh, uh, you'll find a list of all our films that we have available. Cool, awesome. Again, thank you for thank you for the invite. And- Thank you for the conversation. Man. It's always I hope I didn't get you canceled. <laughs> Though I would consider it another badge of honor. <laughs> I got my, I got my one of my movies canceled. I got one of my website canceled. And now you got my a YouTube page canceled. If I can get a, if I can get a podcast canceled, <laughs> yes. I think we're on our way there. <laughs> I don't think we have. We're helping ourselves anyway. Anyway, so. But, but again, thank you very much for everything, man. You're very welcome. Um, thank you. Our, for our guys that are keep listening, thank you very much. Um, tune in next time. Till then, peace out.